Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Broke the Bank Rules. I'm Teej, and I'm here with Max. And we're back to talk about money, finances, and our journey to financial freedom. Mm-hmm. So, sorry about the hiatus, everybody. We were gone for about a month. You know, we had a little technical a difficulties. Month. Yeah, about a month. It was like a week we skipped. No, no, no. I looked at I looked at the last date okay, of our last one. It was like a month. You're yeah, right, you're right. Uh, but yeah, we were gone. We had a few technical if tef- technical difficulties, and then on top of that, our schedule was conflicting and the overtime. Um, it was a little hard to sit down and record, but now we're back mm-hmm. to bring you guys a little bit more of our journey. Mm-hmm. And now we'll start off with a status update. Um, first status update. We have, since starting in, I think, early February, we mm-hmm. paid down $7,976.23 of our $84,731.83. Mm-hmm. So we're a little like $24 short of $8,000. I'm kind and of annoyed about that. No, 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 no. Listen here. For the people who celebrate little wins, that means we've paid off two whole credit cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Celebrate that. And yeah. then um, we started making huge leaps towards the car loan. So yeah. that's exciting. Knocked out a decent amount of that. I think we knocked down like a couple thousand of it. Almost 2000 Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. That was good for this month. Uh, I know last episode I said I was going to take my taxes and pay for a trip, you know, a vacation. But once I got the money, I was kind of like, ah, you know, I got to be responsible with it. So I, I took totally most of it. totally did a 180. And I spent most of it. Well, I spent all of it pretty much towards the debt. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's a little good, you know. Yeah. We, note. we decided to actually just save up um, for the trip instead. And um, I had to file an extension for my taxes, so maybe we'll take a little bit of that and put it towards the trip. Yeah, I was responsible and did my taxes on time. Oh, I'm sorry. Who did your taxes? (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, Mags did my taxes. Hers were a lot more complicated than mine because she's had the side hustles and all these, like, million forms that she had to submit. Yeah. And I kind of waited till the last minute. She wanted to do them all together, but um, hers aren't done, so it's her fault. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're the worst. Uh, so I guess we wanted one thing we wanted to do. We wanted to start off and talk about some goals that we had. Um, my goal, well, my goal for this month was to read three, read three books, or which includes listening to audio books. Um, I've listened to two so far. I think I listened to uh, "Set for Life" by Scott Trench, and I listened to what was it, "The Science of Likeability," and now I'm trying to finish up "Your Money or Your Life." Mm-hmm. I mean, "Your Money or Life" is pretty good. I mean, it's a little dry at first, but it's, it has a lot of good information in it. So uh, what, are, what are some of your goals? Um, actually, I had posted my goals on Instagram for oh, Brand yeah. Girls. Um, the goal was to continue with the side hustles, pay off the credit card, meal prep a lot more, and no frivolous spending. So far, we have paid off the credit card balance, so whoop whoop to us. Mm-hmm. Um, the side hustles have been doing well this month. I actually have made quite a few sales. So from- we're about to be rich? I mean, we're not balling. We're not. We're not bankrolling yet. Oh, okay. You know, so we're still, we're still broke. Okay. We're still broke. <laughs> Maybe we're two. Oh. Not, not quite bankrolls. Um, but the side hustles are doing pretty good, and um, meal prepping has been going very well. And then, um, as far as frivolous spending, we were doing well until yesterday. What happened yesterday? We went to Queens. And. I spent $10 on McDonald's. Oh yeah, you definitely did. Fell all the way off the wagon. I mean, I was very upset. But, I mean, we kind of have our little cheat meals throughout the week, so I guess that counts. We do. I think I was only upset because I hadn't planned on it at all, and we were out all day, and I got really, really hungry, so I started getting, like, headaches and stuff, so... But it was not like it was just you. I bought, like, three chicken patties and iced tea, so... <laughs> okay, so we splurged quite a bit yesterday, but either, other than that, we've been doing really well as far as not 
um, eating out frivolously. And yeah, for the most of the month, I think I've been most of the month, most days without spending any money at all. Same. So Same. it's been pretty good. Yeah. So we've been on on track so far. Yep. Now for today's topic, we wanted to talk about financial literacy. Now, coincidentally, this month is of April is a uh, financial literacy month, mm-hmm. which we didn't know when we were planning this episode. I had no idea. But uh, since we found out, and we wanted to do it anyway. We figured we might just throw that in. But for those who are wondering what financial literacy is, there's many different parts or just components of financial literacy, mm-hmm. um, which basically they can include learning how to budget, understanding the credit to debt roller coaster and how credit affects you negatively and positively mm-hmm. understanding the meaning behind interest rates both compound interest and what interest rates you are what you're paying for interest rates understanding your return on investments which is kind of linked to the last topic and being able to protect what you own whether it's uh, your investments in tangible objects or digital securities and for people who don't understand what any of that stuff means essentially it means knowing where your money is coming from how you're earning it and making your money work for you as opposed to you working for the money. Um, knowing where to put it, like mm-hmm. budgeting and um, where and how to invest and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, for people wondering why it's important for you to be financially literate, it's one of the major ways for people to pretty much navigate their finances, whether it's trying to pay off debt invest effectively, investing, or even making substantial purchases. Generally, when you're trying to buy a home or a car, things like credit, your income Makes and other things like impact. that really, yeah, they really come, they really affect what the, what the outcome is going to be, what you're going to be paying, your mm-hmm. approval ratings and things like that. Mm-hmm. And with talking to people, I, I start to realize that not everybody really fully understands how their financial positions or how their financial life really affects the rest of their life. Whether the future, it's, yeah. Whether it's like people trying to get an apartment and uh, not getting approved for, you know, maybe the apartment that they wanted or, you know, it affecting where you live. Or, funny, you know. funny enough, that's what happened with us when we went to go buy a car because um, most of the people that do listen currently are friends and family. And most of you do know that my last Hyundai would completely crap out on me Absolutely. as I was driving it. And that essentially drove us to make an emotional decision about a car. And because I had such a bad experience with buying a used car my first time, I was so adamant about buying a new car instead of buying a certified used. Which I didn't really object to because my car, we got new too. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really, I was worried more so about getting a lemon because I know my father, when I was younger, got a couple used cars and one of them was just horrible. It's it was bad like experience. Funny enough, it was a Toyota Camry because everybody talks about how, how great Toyota Toyotas Camrys are. are. Yeah. It was horrible. That's funny. So essentially what happened is that we made a financial decision that was emotionally charged of based off of our bad experiences mm-hmm. as opposed to taking our time and learning more about what our options were. Like, But in our defense, Maggie was driving, I'd say, over an hour. And her car, would, her car would cut off on the highway. So we kind of did rush it and jump into it. Definitely. Not, not that it justifies it, but I just wanted to give a little context. That was the emotional decision because yeah. it was very dangerous. Um, it would literally stop on the highway yeah. in the middle of traffic. Um, so I ended up buying a new car. Now, had we slowed down and made a more sensible decision, I think we can both agree that we could have made a much better decision yep. in buying something that wouldn't have basically paying for a brand new car yep and we probably would have been in a little bit of a better financial situation now mm-hmm. it just happens that we're fortunate enough to be able to afford the payments yep. and pay it off quickly most people aren't in that situation yeah you know or the other i guess the state of mind to try to knock it down because you know the longer we have the car payment the, the longer the more money we're going to be paying in interest exactly now with all that being said there are several different ways for you to go about getting financially literate 
Um, the first of all, well, which is the easiest and the hardest, depending on who you ask and where you are in your life, is defining your goals. Um, this was easy for me because my goals have always been relatively broad. But I don't know about I don't know about you. But my goals were really just to get debt free and then just save a bunch of money so I could invest. It wasn't really like anything too specific. I've never been like, I've always been a general person. Uh, for me growing up it's always been kind of like debt's a part of life. So I never really saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Really? Like I remember um relatively recently my uncle had told me that he had just finished paying off his student loans. So really? it's kind of like, uh, I guess this is just what people do. My dad didn't have student loans because he, neither of my parents went to school in this country. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom did, but she had no debt coming out of college. So for me, it was just kind of like, yeah, I guess I'm stuck with this until, you know? No, I wasn't trying to have debt because uh, <laughs> it's just, I always hate owing people money. It's just something I've yeah. hated since I was young. I've hated owing people anything, money, favors, anything like that. So I just... College college loans was just something I was like, hey, I just need to I need to pay these off. If I could, well, when I was in school, I worked part time to help pay down some of the student loans. Mm-hmm. You know, pay for school while I was in it, so I wouldn't have as much of a bill. And I went to I commuted, so it wasn't all that big of a deal. My, yeah. my family didn't really have student loans because they went to city schools, mm-hmm. so they were able to pay it off relatively quickly. Yeah. The next thing on the list for helping with financial literacy would be tracking your expenses. Now, there's several different ways to go about this. I know some people recommend the Mint app or the Personal Capital app. Mm-hmm. I personally, I have an Android phone, but the app I used on my phone was I Save Money, all one word. And what I liked about it is that I didn't have to link my bank accounts. It was essentially what we were doing with our calendar books. Um, we would, what we would do is we mark our expenses that we you know, made throughout the day mm-hmm. and we would add them up. And pretty much throughout the month, we'd have a pretty much like a, not a spreadsheet, but like a, a calendar book with just... All the markings of what we are net, are net costs and gains, you know, throughout the month. Mm-hmm. But with this app, it's just easier to track the expenses because all I do is put in my purchases and then everything is there on the screen, you know, in charts, pie graphs, and everything that I that I need, which makes it easier to see what what I spent my money on, mm-hmm. where my money went throughout the week, and you know, just general things and you know everything in general. Yeah, for me, I'm still stuck in the Stone Age, so I'm still pen and papering it. Which, for a beginner, I feel like that. For me, it makes me feel more responsible because one, I like to write things down and two, um, it it's made things much more clear for me seeing exactly where my money's going. So I'm not casually buying lunch because I feel like it or buying a Red Bull because I feel like it, yeah. you know? The only thing about that, uh, we were, you know, we started off together tracking the money and, you know, keeping track of our expenses. I like doing my math in pen. Oh my I know God. some people would think, it, think I'm crazy, but I've just always done my math in pen because I, crazy. I never really made that many mistakes, <laughs> but I never needed to cross out anything like that. But doing the books with Maggie, you guys, I had to cross out. So, you know, having the digital option where I can, you know, just delete stuff and it's not a bunch of numbers crossed out on the page. It I really think we just worked almost out. broke up like six times because he would always yell at me for not having my no, numbers it's, it's too late. You're stuck with me. <laughs> But he would always use a pen and then get upset at me because he would assume that I did certain things and then update his books. And then I'd what be would, like, oh. What would annoy me is that Maggie would see me doing the math <laughs> for my, for my, for my, you know, daily, daily expenses and then sit there watching me do my calculations and then try to do things when it's her turn. It's like, no, have your stuff ready when it's your turn. You, 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 you should have just used a pencil like yeah. normal people. No, no, no. Pens rather. <laughs> Gosh. The next step with uh, financial literacy, with we've said, uh, I think once before on the podcast, is self-educate. 
Now, I know some people are wondering, you know, how do you self-educate? If we haven't said it before, I, know, I can't really remember. But uh, one thing that I used to do a lot was uh, listen to a lot of podcasts. I like to listen to a lot of financial podcasts. And what I've started doing more so recently was reading books and listening to uh, audio books. Uh, the first book, one of the first books I read was The Richest Man in Babylon. It was a very short book, very easy book to uh, read, like 100 pages. Mm-hmm. And then like the next couple of books after that was Set for Life by Scott Trench and I think uh, The Millionaire Next Door. Which is actually a very helpful book as far as looking at the inside of, you know, how a decent amount of people got their, you know, millions and, you know, reached their financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's been more so the podcasts. And um, I think, I don't remember if it was last episode, but I had recommended a YouTube channel that I actually watch slash listen to. Mm-hmm. It's called The Financial Diet. And it's I've a bunch of different professionals, that. yeah, who come on and they talk about how to save your money, how to invest people, like real people who have been through the financial journey and they talk about what they did and what worked but it it just feels more personal because they this one lady she was a lawyer and mm-hmm. when she had her kid um became a single mother and had to figure out a way to fend for herself and her child and go to law school and now she's like balling something ridiculous she's got bankrolls she's bankrolling <laughs> And one major thing that, you know, I feel a lot of people should understand, but they don't, is credit. Now, I've always been, like, really big with credit. I've always been obsessed with credit since, like, I don't know, like, 20, 21 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And credit is just, when I realized, you know, credit, when I was told how important credit is, I was like, oh, man, I got to keep my credit, you know, on point. So for most of my life, my credit score has, you know, been relatively good. Um, one thing is, a lot of people don't understand how your credit score is calculated. So, you know, I just, uh, I looked up, you know, the exact, you know, the breakdown of how, not the exact, because it's not that complex, but the breakdown of how they come up with your credit score. 35% of it is your credit, is your payment history, you know, on your bills, you know, phone bills, credit cards, things like that. Any kind of bill that you would have. Loans and all that. Absolutely. The next would be credit utilization. How much of the credit you have available versus how much credit you're using. Mm -hmm. So if you have a $7,000 balance on your credit card and you use 3,500 of it, that's 50% of your credit utilization, mm-hmm. that's bad. They generally want it below 10%. 20, you know, would be like, I guess, a B rating, or I could probably look that up and check for sure. But um, generally, the lower it is, the better. 15% of your credit score is the length of your credit history. Now, by the length of your credit history is, how long have your accounts been open? Your credit accounts, you know, Generally, yeah. You, yeah, how long you've had the account open. Yeah, so I guess, you know, the longer you've had a credit card open, the better it reflects on your credit score. Yeah. Now, I haven't had credit like a super long time, so I can't... I, I think the my my longest one is 11 years. Mm, yeah, my dad, my dad opened it for me. I think uh, he added me to his card. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a Best Buy card, and then he bought me a laptop and then paid it off. Uh-huh. So then it just, that was the beginning. That's another. That's another good way. Yeah. Um. I know someone else was was telling me that uh they had uh to build up their credit. This is a while ago. I think he 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 borrowed some money from the bank. He he bought a small loan from the bank. I think like a thousand dollars or whatever. And then um he paid it off slowly mm-hmm. in a decent amount of time because at the end of the day, when companies look at your credit history, they want to know that you can one when you borrow money you they'll get their money back and mm-hmm. that you're good with making consistent payments over time. Yeah. Which is what messes up a lot of people with the. Credit history, the payment history, which is why it's thirty percent, because they they can't show that good that good history of paying back their money, paying back what they owe. So you know nobody wants to take a risk on a someone who's not going to pay their money back. Yep. 
Another 10% of the what makes up the credit score is inquiries on your card or opening new accounts. They say new accounts, but I say that's a little confusing because people might think confuse that with uh, length of credit history. But new accounts is more so when you're trying to open an account, they always look at your credit. The, uh, the companies that you're trying to get an account with take a look at your credit and mm -hmm. what's, they take what's called an inquiry. There's soft inquiries and then there's hard inquiries. Yep. A hard inquiry will be what messes up your credit score. And those usually come with like car payments, um, apartments. Home, homes, apartments, um, kinds of jewelry come with a hard... Really? Yeah, I, I didn't know that. Did but, that uh, happen when you buy the engagement ring? Yes. Oh. It was a hard inquiry? It was a hard inquiry. Wow. Yes. I guess maybe because of the price of it? Yes. I had no idea. Yeah, when you finance certain things, they take a hard inquiry look, you know, and look at all that. Um, and the last 10% would be the type of account you have. Now, I guess that would really be more so if you have a bunch of, you know, credit card statements or if you have store cards and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, really, that one is more so pretty vague, but it's another small 10%. I mean, a 10% usually doesn't make or break you, but then again, every little bit counts, so yeah. you don't really want to overlook anything. Right. I feel like that actually could hold more weight because for people, like, people from our parents' generation when credit cards were a thing, like store cards, mm -hmm. and they just pushed store cards to them. Mm -hmm. Not your parents. I was parents. always told never get a store card. I know. Not your, my parents made sure that I did not have not one store card, but it does make a difference because there are people who have 10, 15 store cards. Actually, no. I think when I, I used to work for Macy's, and I think I had a Macy's card, mm -hmm. and I think that was part of the credit because I know when they closed it, when I when I opened it and I looked at my credit score, it like cut my credit history, the length of credit history in half, because um, it doesn't look at your longest card, it looks at the average of your cards. So I think I had my credit card and I had the Chase card, and when I cut that off, the when Chase I when, when the Chase card, no the Chase the, I had a credit card, <laughs> I had a credit card and I had the Macy's card. Okay. And when the Macy's card got closed, my credit, my length of credit history shot up because I had gotten it so so far after. Yeah. So, I mean, that's when I realized, you know, it's not just the type of credit card you have and the length of the credit history kind of go a little bit hand in hand. Oh. Where, you know, one can affect the other. But that's really something, you know, that's something I, I understood because I was always looking at my credit score mm -hmm. at a certain point. So that's just something that, it's something I had a lot of interest in, you know. With over 700, you could be approved for most things. And then after that, it's really a matter of what your interest rate is going to be. And that's so really that. essentially, the lower your credit score, the higher the interest rate if you get approved. Yes, pretty much. One of the next ways you can work towards financial literacy is being mindful of interest. Now, interest works two ways. There's compound interest when you invest. You know, you get compound interest over time. And eventually, your money can, you know, double, triple, you know, quadruple and things like that. Then there's also the interest that everybody knows with, you know, credit card interest, mm -hmm. uh, you know, student loan interest, mm -hmm. home interest, and things like that. Now, the reason I say be mindful of the interest is uh, particularly with, uh, like, say, for example, student loans. A lot of people I know had student loans, were paying student loans after they got out of college. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as they were paying time off, they looked at their balances and when they realized their balances weren't going down. And the reason was because the, the student loans accrued interest. Yep. And the balance would never go down until you knocked out the interest. So because they weren't really too mindful of that, which a lot of us weren't. So it's not like it's not like it's something new. But since a lot of us weren't mindful of the interest, we would continue paying more than we should have because it was just something that you kept just, growing. And exactly. then, you know, if we had people known, I think they would have reacted much sooner mm -hmm. and paid a little bit more. You know what I actually had done when I came out of college? I my my Fed loan 
was um, income-based. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was doing something because I'm working and not necessarily having to pay that student loan. Mm-hmm. But then once my income shot up yep. and they started hitting me with those payments, it was just like, oh, oh. I should have started paying this a while ago. Absolutely. A lot of people put it off because a lot of people don't like to talk about money or deal with debt because, mm-hmm. you know, who wants, to, who, wants to, who wants to lose all their money right. as soon as they get it from their check, right. you know? right. And the final point we have to working towards financial literacy or becoming more financial literate is to talk to the qualified people and ask for help when needed. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I say talk to qualified people is that anybody can, you know, everybody has an opinion about money and not all the opinions are right. Even, the, even us, we have opinions on money. We're not experts. We're, we're just two people paying off debt mm-hmm. and we feel that we have a good, uh, a good, good plan that we want like to share with other people, you know, mm-hmm. our, our, our successes and, you know, failures, which is something we wanted to share with everybody. Mm-hmm. But just because we say something and it seems good, doesn't really make us an expert. Right. You know, I, I, I started off as an accounting major, but as far as a few courses in college, that's all I have. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing really qualifying me saying I'm a you know, certified professional or expert in the subject. I'm right. just someone who enjoys talking about money right. and enjoys sharing my ideas of money with people. So it's always good to learn on your own, talk to people who are qualified, and try to get a feel for what works for you. Do your own research. And what works for us won't necessarily work for you. Mm-hmm. It's like taking uh, workout tips from someone who eats McDonald's all day, every day, and still is in shape, and then you try to do the same thing, and it just doesn't work out. She's glaring at me while I, she says that because I used to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a couple people have tried it, and they have gained weight. It just does not. You have to do what works for you. Yeah. Because the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you may not be right for some. Oh my God! A man is born. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah. So. But that's all we got for now. I mean, anything else? You know, if anybody has any ideas or any tips on gaining financial literacy, we would love to hear them. You could reach us at broke to bankrolls at again. Instagram. Broke to bankrolls, all one word. Uh, at Instagram and also on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would be very much appreciated if anybody, you know, reach out to us, let us know what you think, mm-hmm. uh, anything that you found useful, anything that you disagree with, or, you know, anything you want to just shout us out. Keep the conversation going. We love it. A lot of you guys do hit us up, text message and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could keep the conversation on social media, because we do want to get the conversation rolling with other people as well. Yep. I mean, the point of us putting it out on a podcast is so that we can spread the knowledge and spread the wealth. Funny so. enough, I've had people talk to me in person about it, and it's just, it's interesting. I, I enjoy it. I definitely enjoy talking to people in person. Yeah. But anywhere the conversation comes from, you know, we, we're, more than, we're more than welcome, welcome more than willing to have it. it. So yeah. Yeah. we're glad that everybody who's listening is enjoying the podcast, and we hope to, I guess, bring you more good content later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, for now, everybody take it easy. And yeah, that's about it. Talk to you guys later. Peace. See ya.